This is John Shannon, and today on Radio Free Galisteo's podcast, we have Oliver McCloskey, a modern-day mountain man who rode the Santa Fe Trail and ended up at the Nambe Trading Post, where I found him and had a chance to interview him. Here's our conversation. Oliver, how did you come to be here at the Nambe Trading Post? I came to Santa Fe via the old Santa Fe Trail, left Fort Scott, on the 12th of June and worked my way up to hit the trail uh, near Canton, Kansas. And I've been on the trail for approximately, not approximately, but 67 days. Today, 68, but I rode in yesterday to the plaza on day 67. And when Oliver says he rode in, he means it. He came in on his horse. What's your, what's your horse's name? I never named my horses. I never named her through the trip, but the past couple of days I've been calling her Chica, so her name's Chica. How did you make this trip? How did you manage this? That's that's a that's quite a ways. It's it, it's a it's quite an overwhelming overtaking to do. I didn't plan any of it. I just basically winged the entire trip. What motivated you to do it? I rode the Oregon Trail last year, so I, I was actually on the Santa Fe Trail for a, a short distance, about seventy miles last year, and I turned off on it, made a hard right on the Oregon, and this was in two thousand twenty. And I decided to come back and, and ride the Santa Fe, finish the Santa Fe Trail out. So as I'm sitting here speaking with Oliver, I'm noting his attire. You know, he, he described himself as a modern-day mountain man, but indeed he is dressed as if he were straight out of the early 19th century. And uh, he's wearing, what do you, is that the buckskin? What do you got on there? I'm wearing a antelope jacket which is actually a santa fe considered a santa fe jacket taos jacket they're just kind of a short spanish latina mexican style jacket and then buckskin pants moccasins this is a quick aside that i've added in after the interview and what oliver failed to mention and i found out later is that he made all these clothes he put them all together uh, with uh, with the antelope leather the sinew all this authentic period clothing Oliver is an exceptional artisan and, I guess you'd have to say, tailor. Now back to the interview. And just a sash is made by the Métis in Canada. And this is for uh, mostly for your back while you're riding. And then just a large brim hat for the sun. It is a necessity on the Santa Fe Trail. Absolutely. So, day 68 today, do you just ride during the day, rest at night, keep moving? Yeah, day day 68 is the first day I haven't actually saddled the horse up. So this morning I, I woke up in the teepee here at Nambi Trading Post and I went to put my spurs on and I realized I, w- I wasn't going to be riding today. So I threw the spurs to the side. So uh, say a normal day I would wake up, wrap my things up, and I, w- I would be on the trail somewhere between 7, seven and 8 o'clock in the morning, and I, I ride till dusk, unless I find a good place to camp or stay along the way. So the, the days could be anywhere from 14, 14, 16 hours in the saddle to maybe 10 to 12 hours in the saddle, and anywhere from 15 to 25-mile days. And the biggest day I pulled was around 30. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of time in the saddle. So... When you stop on the trail, I mean, what do you do? You just make camp? Uh, you, you find people and uh, commiserate? What, what happens? So when I stop on the trail, I, I usually get stopped by ranchers, farmers, 
I'm usually trying to round up some rodeo grounds or fairgrounds somewhere up ahead. Er everything worked out every day somehow, some ways things worked out, and I landed somewhere where I needed to be. You know, c coming across the Midwest, there's not a lot of uh, public land, so everything's private until you get to uh, the Comanche grasslands in Colorado. Did you have any issues with crossing territory while you're coming out this way? I, I, I didn't have any issues till I got to the Raton Pass. I actually couldn't get through the Raton Pass. Um, it basically dead end right there at, at Wooten Ranch, at Wooten Exit on the Raton Pass coming into the New Mexican border. And you've been uh, well received wherever you go. I've been w well well received on the entire trail, and um, I've met thousands of people, made um, hundreds, if not thousands, of friends along the way. And um, uh, you, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there with a lot of willingness to help and um, uh, generosity, and welcomed er everywhere I've been. What originally motivated you to start riding these trails? My original motivation is I, I started riding the trails in my late teens, the, the original trails of the mountain man, like the old Spanish trail and, and some of the trails out west of the, uh, you know, the original mountain man explorers. And so I just started, start out small, a few hundred miles, and then work my way up to the big trails like the Oregon Trail, the Santa Fe Trail, which is the big historical trails from the east to the west. Okay. Modern-day mountain man. What does a modern-day mountain man eat while he's out on the trail? How do you take care of yourself? Well, out on the trail, I, I you know, I started out with some, some pine nuts and a little bit of deer jerky, and then um, I actually ended up shipping all that food back home because I never ate it. <laughs> and so I, I, I was eating mulberries. I'd find a mulberry tree every day. Miraculously, found a mulberry tree every day until I got to about Dodge City, Kansas. I was eating the blossoms off of yucca plants, and daylilies, and there was something else. I was oh, uh, choke cherries. I was eating choke cherries when I got to about mid Kansas, and then once I got to Colorado and New Mexico, things were starting to run out. Um, so you you go days without food. You you you, you can go days. Not only days, but you can go around 30 days without eating. But you can't go more than three days without water. So water was a necessity on the trail. And you just get it from where? The, the nearest creek, wherever you pass? Uh, uh, fortunately, I was very lucky this year that there was a lot of rain. So going across the Comanche grasslands, go, going across the, uh, uh, the, the prairie, the tall grass uh, prairie, what they call it in Kansas, um, there was puddles of water everywhere. So going across, not only was there tall grass for the for the horse, but there was also puddles of water everywhere for the horse. So this is probably the best year I could have rode the, the Santa Fe Trail. And not only is it the best year I could have rode it, but it's also the bicentennial of the Santa Fe Trail. What a way to honor it. I'm sure at this point, a number of people who are listening are thinking, what happens if you get ill? And... How is it that you can survive off the land like that? And that's, you know, this, these are modern questions, obviously, because this is the way people used to do it. But uh, what happens if you, if you fall ill? What, what do you do? There were certain situations that I was in where I did need water, and I just drank it anyway. So you're better off just drinking the water and 
making it to a doctor, say, in the near future, rather than getting dehydrated and dying. So I would just drink the water no matter what. Like, if it looks semi-good, I just drink it. And you're here talking to me, so I guess it all worked out. I'm here talking to you right now, and I, and I did have heat stroke three or four times going across there, and I didn't know what it was. I thought I was actually hung over, so I would drink more beers to <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> That's probably what saved you. So you've made it to Santa Fe, which is the end of the Santa Fe Trail. What's next for you, man? I, over the past day, I've been contemplating on what trail to ride next. I'm almost half tempted to re-ride the Santa Fe Trail again. It was that nice, or uh, what's what's the, what's the uh, what's the reason? The reason for rewriting the Santa Fe Trail and my motivation is that I I believe I could do it better. Okay, what is what does that mean? In in terms of doing it better, now that I've rode actually rode the Santa Fe Trail, I I know all the ins and outs of the Santa Fe Trail. So um, where on this trip in 2021, I just winged the entire trip. This time, I know all the people museums, the trail, the ruts. I know everything way better. So actually, I would see everything coming before I actually got to those points. Well, it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. What a what a surprise to find you out here. And uh, certainly landing in the Nambe Trading Post seems perfectly appropriate for, uh, for a person like yourself. Thank you very much for talking to us. Anything you want to say to everybody uh, on, the, on the way out here? Uh, absolutely. C- coming into Santa Fe, I was greeted by uh, uh, Kathy and, and Jennifer from Nambe Trading Post, and um, it, was, it was the most gracious and uh, w- welcoming greeting I ever had coming into Santa Fe. So um, I'm just so happy to be here, and um, I'm just sucking in all of the culture and food and uh, hospitality in Santa Fe. All right, you heard it here. You've been listening to Oliver McCluskey, who is a modern-day mountain man who has ridden the Santa Fe Trail and is going to do it again just better. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported, and I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters for making today's podcast possible. You, too, can become a supporter of Radio Free Galisteo, by going to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and clicking on our Patreon support button and following the instructions there. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon.